If you've already mastered the Rubik's Cube and you've tried every escape room in town, we may just have your next puzzling obsession. Kane's Jawbone is a complex literary puzzle that was originally published in 1934. Since then, only two people are known to have successfully solved it, and the solution has never been revealed publicly. The book faded into obscurity until a UK-based Kiwi publisher, John Mitchinson, brought it back, and it's been a surprise hit. A new edition came out in Australia and New Zealand last month, and HarperCollins is offering a $1,200 prize pack to the person who can crack the code. (laughs) The co-founder of Unbound Publishing, John Mitchinson, joins me now. Hello. Hey, Jesse, good to be you. Can you give us a bit of that history of Kane's jawbone? Did I get that mostly right? You didn't get it mostly right. It is a sort of one of those uh, extraordinary things. I was um, up in a, in a, a literary kind of a museum uh, in Yorkshire, I guess, back in 2017. Um, and it, this, this museum was the, the place where the great 18th century writer Lawrence Stern had written his uh, very strange and then best-selling 18th century best-selling book called Tristram Shandy. Mm. And the uh, library there is full of interesting kind of games, full of puzzles, literary puzzles. And the curator there, uh, a wonderful man called Patrick Wildgoss, said, hey, I think I might have found something that you could do uh, for your publishing company. Yeah. I'm banned. We use crowdfunding. Is, is how we... So I said, tell me more. And he showed me. He said, it's this extraordinary kind of detective novel from the 1930s where the, apparently the pages have all been printed in the wrong order so there's like 100 pages all in the wrong order and in order to solve the six murders in the book you have to put the pages in the right order <laughs> so it sounds pretty simple right like that wouldn't be how difficult is that but it is almost impossibly difficult and as you say uh, until in fact, until relatively recent, until 2020, only two people have been known to solve it. And when we published the book um, in 2019, we did it as a, a box of 100 cards and we sent it out into the world. Oh, what a good and idea. And we had yeah, we had some entries, but we put a £1,000 prize on it. And the, 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 the person who solved it, the first person since the 1930s to solve it, was a BBC great comedy scriptwriter called John Finnamore. And um and he has since then, it's kind of I think it's slightly taken over his life. He's now <laughs> writing a seat se- writing a sequel and he's been helping us with all the translations. Because the thing to say, Jesse, is this is not an easy puzzle yeah. to solve. It's like it sounds easy, but most of the pages end with a full stop so <laughs> and there are so, he, so the guy so i should say that the guy who who invented it was a guy called edward powers mathers and he was known his pen name was torquemada torquemada was the great tormentor of the spanish inquisition <laughs> and he and he set crosswords for this english newspaper the observer in fact he invented the cryptic crossword. wow so so he was like the most difficult crosswords, literally the most difficult crosswords you've ever seen. And he used to get thousands of entries every week. But it's almost like like the like the one ring, right? This book, Kane's Jawbone, was where he put all his cunning and his skill <laughs> and his ability to do puns 
and kind of uh, spoonerisms. It's an incredibly difficult puzzle to solve. Well, now I have to ask, I've John, got... you, as the publisher, do you need to know what the answer is before you put it out into the world? <laughs> yeah, well, this is the big thing, Kate. Okay? So I said to Patrick, the, the guy up in the museum, I said, well, that sounds great, but, you know, nobody's solved this puzzle for 80 years. Yeah. And he said, I have found the solution. So he had oh. found... An astro- he, he'd advertised for some years amongst kind of secondhand book dealers. Does anybody know if there's anybody's ever solved it? There were there were people on the Internet trying to solve it, kind of teams of people. And then uh, in I guess in, 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 in about 2016, 17, he'd uh, an old man had died in a care home in a mother mar- marvelously te- named place called Nether Wallop down in Wiltshire. <laughs> and amongst his papers. Uh, you know, they found a letter from Edward, from Torquemada, from Edwin Power Mather saying, congratulations, you've got it right. And a, a list of one to a hundred, the, the, the page sequence. Gosh. And Patrick tried it and hey, presto, it worked. Oh, gosh. So so we we not only had a very difficult puzzle, but we also had a solution. So that's when we decided to publish, obviously. Fantastic. So we're, we're the only... We're the only people, I think, who can officially say what's right and what's wrong. And we've obviously now had thousands and thousands of entries from people all over the world. But I'm very excited by the fact that it's going to go, obviously, with my New Zealand hat on. I'm thrilled that it's going with brilliant kind of HarperCollins team. It's going into Australia and New Zealand. And I, I mean, all I would say is, you know, don't anyone who's out there listening to this and thinks, Oh, that's going to take me an afternoon. It's literally months of research yeah. and work to get it right. Um, and there'll be some, you'll understand this, there'll be half of the people listening will be thinking, well, this sounds fun. And the other half will be thinking, yeah. I can't think of anything more frustrating and annoying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess it's like that. So, so I, don't know, I don't know if you've got friends who are cyclists, right? Yeah. So. Um, I always say to cyclists, why do you always go to the Alps or to kind of, you know, um, hilly places for your holidays? Why don't you go to Holland, somewhere really flat? No, it's, it's, it's the hills that are the point. And for people I know who are puzzlers, you know, and there are a lot of them out there, what they really want is the ultimate challenge. And I can tell you, I know the people who have worked on this puzzle. And I've, I've met, obviously met some of them who have, who've been, um, uh, you know, like John, who solved it. Mm. And they all say this is the most difficult, most rewarding puzzle oh, they've ever gosh. had to do. That's so cool. Um, can you tell me in the modern era how many people have got it right? Um, I mean, given that we've had, I think we've had now um, several thousand entries, we have now got, I think, over 100 oh, people cool. who have got it right. Great. And what we've done is we've created a Keynes Jawbone Club. You get a little certificate. You get a badge, and the badge only the people who've solved it will know what the badge means. Uh-huh. And then also you'll get kind of um, we're setting up a a forum for people so that they can swap notes and because I have to say although people have solved the hundred pages in the right order and they've solved the six murders and the six murderers, there's still quite a lot of stuff in there. Even for like John Finnamore who solved it, the the guy who solved it first time for us. There's still a lot of stuff that is up for grabs. Oh, yeah. So we quite like the idea that we can get an online community of super Keynes jawbone geeks 
who've been smart enough to get it right, but who want to hang out with other Cairns Jewel bullies. Yeah. In fact, we did, we did a, a little thing in the last summer where we got a group of them together. And it was, as somebody who hasn't solved the puzzle, Jesse, I have to say it was kind of humbling. They were talking about stuff that I couldn't even begin to understand, <laughs> uh, a level of, of complexity in, in this. That's what I love about it. It's, it's, um, it's on, on one level, apparently a really kind of innocuous, as I say, 100 pages with a story. But actually, once you get into it, that, that you need to know there's a degree of detail about all kinds of stuff, particularly like 1930s popular culture. Um, in fact, I asked John Finnemore, I said, do you think you could solve this puzzle with the anti, uh, without the internet? And he said, well, maybe you could, but he'd, you'd have to be traveling around lots of libraries and asking all mm. kinds of the, the right questions to get it right. So. And, and you remember, even back in even back in the '30s, only two people got it right. Yeah. So, and um, internet's one thing; AI is another. I, I, have you have you given it to AI to see if it can work it out? <laughs> yeah, AI failed. Good. We gave it to AI. We gave it to it. Was it was really cool? I mean, we were really interested to see whether it could. So, I think that's the problem. Well, not problem, but I think for AI, it's like um, if you're. I mean, there's a lot of jokes. He loved jokes. Uh, Mathers, you know, Chukamada, he yeah. loved and and like spoonerisms and yeah. puns and things like that. AI can can you can you can program AI up to a point, but you won't know what will be significant or funny. Uh -huh. And a lot a lot of the really really important things in this book uh, require you, I think, to probably there are certain things if you get right, you get to one point. It's a bit like unlocking levels on a game. Yeah. To get the whole thing right, you you really need you'll need to spend a lot of time on it. And you need hum and, human intelligence. And yeah, I think well, I have to say, I think you have need to have human instinct mm. and that incredible. I mean, AI is great at spotting patterns, but human beings are really good at spotting inconsistencies. Mm. And I think there's a there's from what I know, and I'm speaking as someone who's never actually solved it. <laughs> uh, I think that's that's pretty crucial for this puzzle. And you could have re-released it and and um, consigned it to the uh, far corner of puzzle stores. Uh, yeah. You know, sold a hundred copies worldwide and called it a success. But it actually has been a bit of a hit. I mean, so we thought you know we thought it would be maybe kind of intriguing to the kind of people who like complicated literary puzzles. Yeah. yeah. Um, what happened with it was we, 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 we printed the, the box and we sold that out and that was exciting. And then I thought, well, why don't we do it as a paperback? We'll just do it as a paperback with little kind of obviously little sort of scissor lines on <laughs> the pages because you have to kind of cut all the pages out to try and solve yeah. it. And then in, in, um, in the autumn of 2021, uh, in November 2021, so like two years ago, a young uh, San Franciscan book talker called Sarah Scammell put it on her TikTok channel she turned a whole bedroom wall into a into a murder wall <laughs> with, you know lots of red red kind of tape and yeah. the whole book kind of and it got about 10 million views oh in three days yeah and we have been printing and reprinting and you know I think we're into something like our, our, our sort of 27th printing now and it's it's sold over 600,000 copies oh my gosh in the in the English language edition and it's sold, it's been a bestseller in France, a bestseller in Brazil, uh, Germany, Spain, Italy. So there's something weird going on here. I mean, I think um, 
I think that there's that maybe there's a also one of the coolest things was in the uh, in the in the Rian Johnson movie Glass Onion, the follow up to mm. Knives Out, when Daniel Craig is lying in the bath trying to get inspiration, the book he's reading is Kane's Jawbone. So <laughs> That's cool. I, I and I mean we, we that, that was entirely uh, nothing to do with us, but I think there is a kind of fascination now, you know, with. Yeah, looking at, 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 at trying to solve the puzzles that reality throws up. I love the idea of explaining and... to this to this um, cryptic crossword pioneer from the 1930s. Hey, Edward, good news. Yeah. Kane's yeah, yeah, jawbone's yeah. gone viral on BookTok. <laughs> exactly. And I'm thinking about, you know, because of uh, the, the place it started, the Lawrence Stern Trust, which uh, um which I'm happy to say, you know, we, they're, they're getting a they're getting a nice royalty out of this. So, oh, this dear. extraordinary literary museum is getting to get its oh. you know get its heating renewed and its roof renewed. So, <laughs> it's been a it, the whole the, the whole thing has been a one of those kind of very happy publishing stories. And I love the fact now, it, everywhere it seems to go, and I, I I'm I'm hoping and guessing it will be the same in Australia and New Zealand. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, John, serious question. Any tips? <laughs> well, look, I think the tip that I always give to people without... I can't give too much away, obviously. But I think I think I can say the key to it is that it's possible, it's just possible when you read it, that the voices that you read on the page might not all come from the same person. Okay. narrator might not be the same and that's all i'm going to say yeah good but um if 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 that's helpful great if not fine but i can't really <laughs> give anything else away and i'm to I, and i'm also speaking here as i say I'm, I'm speaking here as someone who's never solved it so um just trying yeah, to work, just really trying to work out how novel that idea would have been in uh 1934 I think like the sound of the fury. William Faulkner was famously um, multi-narrator. That yeah. was I see that's 1929. So so it was a device that was known to authors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think it's in a, in its own way. It's not a it's not an un uh, you know that the the idea of a, a kind of uh, a narrative that is is doesn't immediately deliver the plot. Is not a new thing, but it's it's just there are so well because he's a puzzler, right? He throws in so many red herrings and things that make you think you're getting it, and then you reach a dead end and you realise no, this is not going to work. So that's I mean that's not a tip really. It's just to say yeah, do not underestimate this. Um, and there's a twelve hundred dollar prize. You're confident, you're trusting that none of the people who've solved it in the northern hemisphere are going to call a friend in New Zealand and say, hey, let's split the money. Here's how it works. Um, look, you know, it's, it's a world, it's a world where people can talk to each other, but I think the way we structured it is that you, you, you not only have to get the, the hundred pages, right. And the six murders and six murderies, right. You also have to explain how you solve the puzzle as a sort of, <laughs> as a kind of test. Yeah. So, uh, we're, I think I, I would say after a couple of years, we're pretty, we're pretty aware of where we think there have been syndicates who are all trying to kind of claim the prize money but hopefully this book wouldn't attract those sort of people you would think once you'd worked it out I, that, I that mean, would be the, that, that would be the joy i think that the the point about it is if it's you know i think that that what's exciting to people is pitting themselves against genuinely one of the most 
one of the great puzzle makers of the 20th century you know a person who had i mean and we just re-released his crosswords uh, a collection of his crosswords with a, an introduction by will shorts who's the great kind of yeah i've uh, interviewed will he's fantastic yeah yeah the great doyen of, of, of american and you know he says man these are hard but you know if you want to you want to test yourself against the best go for it mm. and i think that's what people that's what like i say it's like the cyclists that's what puzzlers want they want to they want to cycle through the alps they want the toughest the toughest challenges and Kay's jawbone is a is an incredibly tough incredibly tough challenge hey well thank you for putting it into the world um it's been oh. lovely to chat to you and um yeah, real honour, John. I hope you enjoy watching where this book goes from here oh, and, and um, that, that you've um, enjoyed the ride so far. We have. And, and uh, yeah, thank you. And, and I, I, you know, I think everybody out there who's, I mean, give it a go. It's, um, it's, it's definitely, it's fun to try and do. And it's, it's a weird, strange, but kind of compelling thing. And, uh, yeah, getting it right, you, you know, you get, uh, you, you get to join the club. John Mitchinson, UK-based Kiwi publisher. The book is Kane's Jawbone, a new edition out in Australia and New Zealand as of last month with $1,200 to the person who can crack the code.